All right, welcome back to the Kim Sports Podcast. Today's guest is Ryan Vandemark, and he was a four-year starter at UConn and is now a tackle for the Buffalo Bills. Get ready for an inside look at his journey. Ryan, we appreciate you. What's up, boys? How are you? Happy to be here. Good. Um, so I guess first things first, your recruiting process early, uh, I, as I think it didn't go as quite as you planned. Nah, nah. Uh, recruiting, man, out of out of high school was difficult. I mean, I didn't really start. I was a junior on JV at Wayne Valley High School in New Jersey. Uh, didn't really start my senior year at all. Um, kid got hurt, and then I ended up playing a little bit and got some film out there and some D2 schools were looking at me, not scholarship, just come and play. And um, I didn't really want to do that. I, I wanted to play real football. So I was, I actually started applying to schools as a regular student, like whatever, like my football career is over. Like uh, I got denied from Penn state. <laughs> I got a, I got a academic scholarship to URI and I was about to like go to URI and just be a regular student. And then, uh, my dad kind of asked if I wanted to play ball and like, I was like, yeah, like I, I want to play college football. So we looked at other options and we found like the Hun school, which is like a preparatory school in New Jersey. And, uh, basically at this prep school, you can take a PG year, a fifth year of high school and have it not count towards your like red shirt or anything. So that's what I did. I took a fifth year of high school. I, I took a leap of faith, bet on myself, uh, went to this prep school and before the season even started, I told coaches I was going this and I got offers from like most of the Patriot League schools like Fordham, um, New Hampshire and schools like that. And um, yeah, then it, it just took off. And, you know, I was probably 245 pounds soaking wet, got got to hunt. I was probably 250 and then uh, played the season probably at 250, worked out and uh, put together a nice film, a nice tape. And I, I think I finished with like 10 offers in total. Nothing big, but the biggest offer of them all was UConn. And that's where I decided to play uh, play my football. And that's where it kind of worked out for me. And I got there week one, and I ended up starting within within the first two weeks there. So it was awesome. But Were you undersized in high school? Obviously, you eventually became. Uh, yeah. But did, what did you think <laughs> of eating to gain that weight? Because like, we all have issues gaining weight because we're all skinny. But what was yeah. it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was definitely super undersized. <laughs> like, I was skin and bone, dude. Like, like just going, starting high school, probably 200. And then I finished high school around like 245, to be honest. And then, um, I remember my coach at prep school, coach Todd Smith, great dude. He was telling me, he was like, bro, you got to like put on weight. If you want to play D one, like you got to be 300 pounds. So that kind of was like, Oh crap. So I ended up putting like 10 pounds on there. And I, I started at UConn at 265. And I got Molly <laughs> going out there, starting at right tackle at 265 is not fun. Um, I got thrown into the fire and that's what, that's what you got to, that's, I mean, it kind of helped me though, being that skinny, being thrown into the fire, just like trying to figure it out. Um, I ended up getting with our nutritionist and trying to put on the good weight. Cause there's a difference between putting on weight like fast and yeah. that's going to be all that bad weight. And then putting on the weight, like, as time goes on and then that's all that good weight you're building the muscle so I tried to take my time with it at the end of my freshman year I was probably like still 265 and then probably sophomore year probably went up like 10 pounds each time so 275 junior year 280 285 and then we had COVID so that was kind of a blessing in disguise for me because it was almost like the redshirt year I never got so I really took advantage of that really got in the weight room really focused on my diet ended up 
going to my senior year at 300 pounds and put together a nice, nice tape. So, I mean, it was a steady and slow progress <laughs> and the journey was kind of crazy because I never really thought that I would make it uh, to the league until like midway through my junior year where I was like, oh crap, I got a real good shot at this. So given your height, did you ever like say like before you gained all the weight, try back? Cause I know you play volleyball, but did you ever try oh, yeah. volleyball with your height? So my dad was a basketball player. He played at Lehigh all four years, um, tried out for the Washington Bullets. This is back in the 80s. Um, ended up not making the team, but made it to the final cut. And the coach said, go to Europe for a year, come back. There's a roster spot for you. My dad went to Europe, never, never looked back. He stayed over there. He played at he played in Switzerland, Italy, France, you name it. He played there. He played one year in Colombia. Um and yeah, my dad's always been tall and skinny. My mom was pretty tall, but um, I forget the question. Oh, did you ever want to play basketball? Oh, I sucked. <laughs> yeah, dude, I could not make a shot beyond the freaking arc. I was only good in the paint. Um, yeah, I sucked and I did not want to play. Like I took charges and like whatever, but no, nah, I could not make a freaking jump shot, dude. <laughs> volleyball was my sport though. I, I started playing volleyball my sophomore year in high school. And um, honestly, it was one of the greatest sporting experiences of my life playing there. Um, my coach and my team, my whole team, we were all best friends anyway. So they kind of got me into it. They were like freshman year. They were like, what are you doing playing golf, bro? You got to play volleyball. So joined the team with all, all my buddies and it was awesome. We were really good. We won state and we won a bunch of accolades. But uh, my dad was very against volleyball because I told him, I was like, hey, I'm going to play three years, whatever. And I ended up playing club for the last two years. So like I was getting into it and I was like, oh, maybe I can go this for the college sport route. Ended up getting like looks at from like D2 schools, nothing serious. But um, uh, my dad kind of looked back and he said he was like, I'm happy you ended up playing volleyball because the explosiveness, the explosiveness and the and the jumping and all that, you can't really get that anywhere else. I mean, you can train that, but you're not doing it every day, like blocking and hitting. So uh, looking back on that volleyball experience, it was probably one of the better times I've had. And our coach, Coach Jason Carsage, um, great coach coach Carsage. i mean he kind of really taught me how to practice how to be an athlete how to how to do all those things and it, we were good and he still made us practice super hard and he was probably he's probably one of the best coaches i've had in sports i might have just butchered his first name though i'm not gonna lie boys and i was just on the phone with him earlier <laughs> um so my question would be what is like your number one lesson that you learned at UConn that you now have implemented into um, the league? Honestly, bro, it's going to sound really corny. I'm not going to lie. It's like kind of just like betting on yourself, believing in yourself and not giving up. I mean, uh, you hear it from all these people and everybody say it. And like, I think my experience and my athletic like career is kind of just based on that theme. Um, almost went to school as a regular student, like I mentioned um kind of took a leap of faith bet on myself in high school that led to college and then even in college like my freshman and sophomore year I wasn't too serious about football just kind of like you know doing it and I started but then my junior year everything kind of clicked and I was like all right like I can do this like not going to give up on myself and then going through all that and then going undrafted uh to the Colts still not giving up on myself believing in myself and then it ended up making the team for the Buffalo this past year so 
Um, I know it sounds corny, but like, that's, that's really my message. Like that's, that's really what it comes from for me. So. Do you think that being undersized for like so long and kind of learning how to like play football and play volleyball, all these other sports, like, did you learn kind of more of the technique without having to just be, you know, like a monster and just like, you know, I feel like yeah. high school ball, you can, if you're big as hell, you can just pummel people and it doesn't matter, but you had to like kind of learn the technique first. Yeah. Hell yeah, dude. That's a great question. Cause I mean, when you're 245, 260, trying to block guys who run four or fives, I mean, it's, it's insane. You got to be good with your technique. Um, that's, I think, where I kind of focused on everything because I knew I wasn't going to outmuscle anybody. I knew I wasn't going to beat anybody in a race. I knew I wasn't going to beat anybody with this, but I knew, like, if I had better technique than them, I could survive on the field. So, like, great question. And re really, like, that's where it came into. Like, everything for me was technique, technique, technique because, like you said, I wasn't going to humble anybody. I was 265 going against these seniors in college. Like, dude, like, it doesn't happen like that. But, uh, Guys who are big, 300 pounds on the high school level, and they can get away with some stuff because you're 300 pounds. You know, you, you can outmuscle anybody. So, uh, yeah, technique was huge for me, like just learning it, going through it, getting extra time with the coaches and stuff like that. Yeah. During your time at UConn, y'all had some years where, no offense, but y'all didn't win many games. Uh, how uh, did not years, on? not years, maybe my whole career. <laughs> <laughs> how did you stay focused on your craft? Just because it can be depressing, like you're around a losing environment that not to say like that it's a bunch of losers, but like how yeah. do you stay focus on your craft and just kind of focus on what you want to do with your life? Yeah, for sure. Um, at UConn, I think I won, I ended up winning seven games in five years, which is like not something to be proud of. But uh, I mean, um, at the end of the day, dude, I look back on it and we had a, we had a great team with some great guys and uh, it was really kind of just like, I wanted to win and I wanted to win every game I went into, but at the end of the first quarter, when you look at the scoreboard and you're already down 14 or 21, it's kind of hard to like get yourself going again. And I kind of just took a step back and focused and said, you know what, if I can go out there and do my one eleventh, do what I'm coached to do and do my job, then I know that I have my back covered and I'm doing everything I can do to help us win. And um, some other guys, I guess, didn't really, believe in that but at the end of the day when you're on a team who's really not gelled together and not working together in the best sort of way all you can really do is focus on yourself and that's really all the coaches can ask for because if everyone's doing their 111th then everything's working everything's firing on the right cylinders but for me dude I just focused on what I needed to do and how I can uh, get myself to the next level and uh, ended up working out for me and I'm, I'm grateful for that so he was asking about basketball if you we're ever going to play that. I'm going to ask you a really important question. Were you ever going to be a frat star? Dude. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I look back on my whole, my whole college experience, dude. And if I didn't end up playing football, bro, I would have been a frat boy at URI for sure. <laughs> bro, for sure. Um, yeah, but I, I honestly, dude, I'm happy it didn't end up that way. Cause I'm happy where I am, but yeah, dude, I would have been in something like uh, SIG app or SAE or whatever the heck they got going on. But my brother was a frat star and I would have joined the family family line. My dad was a big, big frat guy, too. So um, I'm happy I broke it. <laughs> if, I, if I never had stumped my toe back in third grade, I might be right there next to you. But <laughs> fine. 
Um, so we're all we're Robert graduated from Clemson, but the other two of us are Clemson students now. Can you talk about the game where y'all came down and went up big on us? Uh, what school? Down. What school? We're at Clemson. Oh hell yeah! Um, yeah, dude, I remember going to that game. That was actually the worst game in my college career. Um, I wanted to do something different that game because usually before games, I'm a, I'm a little Wayne guy. I love little Wayne. I'll bump little Wayne, bro. He gets me going. He gets me in the zone. His music is awesome. And for that game, I wanted to try something different. I was kind of in a slump in the games before, not really doing as well as I wanted to. So I decided to like calm down the vibe pregame. And I started, I put on my country playlist and rolling up to Clemson. I remember, dude, it's kind of like all farmlands until you one road in, you kind of hit this big college town. And that's what happened. We hit that college town. I'm listening to Morgan Wallen on the bus. And I remember it. And we come off and I'm like really calm for the game because it's a huge game. And I mean, corn toss and then obviously the big kick, we took it back. We were up on Clemson for about three minutes and it was unreal. I remember running onto the field for the PAT after that was an unreal feeling. Um, that game, I ended up going against Miles Murphy, a great freaking athlete, dude. Great kid. Um, yeah, dude, he, he humbled me pretty, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> he put, yeah, he really, he did humble me and, uh, it was fun, dude. It was, that game was awesome. I learned a lot from that game and I it kind of exposed my weaknesses and I ended up turning those into uh, strengths. So I, I'm grateful for that game and it just sucked that it was my worst one and I tried to do something different and it didn't end up working out. So you live and you learn. And um, yeah, but I'm happy that we went up on Clemson and we took back the opening kick. That was awesome. That was one of the best, best moments, man. Oh, yeah. I think the question is what Lil Wayne album are you listening to? Oh, if it's hell, bro. Carter four, then uh, we might have some issues. Yeah, C Carter four, mostly Carter three, dude. Mega Man, Blunt Blowing, Abortion. Like, those are my probably top three, bro. I like, dude, he just goes crazy, bro. Like, he gets me in the <laughs> zone. It's just like, boom, 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 you know? Yeah, no, he's fire. He's fire. So, obviously, you'd mentioned earlier, uh, after your college career, you, you, didn't, you didn't go to the combine, did you? Nah, didn't get invited from the combine. I went to one all-star game, the East-West Shrine Bowl. That was unreal. I loved it. It was awesome. But so from there you went. Uh, did you have a pro day? Yeah, I had a pro day at UConn. Um, I did shirtless, which I I don't know if people like that or not, but it kind of went like a little viral, and I just I just did it without a shirt on. Screw it. Um, but yeah, my pro day was cool. Um, I had the Titans assistant coach work me out and. Dude, he worked me out for maybe 45 minutes to an hour, bro. Like, they usually don't do stuff like that. Like, at the combine workouts, bro, it's usually like 10, 15 minutes maybe. Like, nothing crazy, dude. I was dying. It was me and a kid from Sacred Heart who ended up going to the Vikings, I think. And he was a center. And great dude. But we were looking at each other the whole time. Like, bro, this dude is crazy, man. Like, we're out here for 45 minutes doing these crazy drills. But it, it was a cool experience. I mean... Uh, the benefit of that, though, being for it being that long is I got I got good tape, man. I got some good tape of a 45 minute workout that all these NFL coaches could see me doing. So it was almost like a blessing in disguise. But being in the moment, we were like, yo, what is going on? This is crazy. So it was cool, though. Pro Day was awesome. I mean, it's it's what everybody looks forward to and, and all that. So, yeah. So obviously. We've had uh, Gabe Davis on this podcast before. Um, I was just going to ask if you had any of, like, your crazy stories, if any of them have to do with Gabe. Uh, dude, Gabe is one of the, like, one of one of the greatest teammates I've ever had. Uh, 
he really does a great job of like keeping the boys together. Um, there's a small group of us who like to play poker and we go to Gabe's every probably once, probably twice every week, every Monday or Tuesday. And we will sit down and play. And like, it's just, it's a great experience keeping the boys together. As for crazy stories with Gabe, I don't think I really have, have anything, <laughs> but no, nah, just going over to Gabe's house, playing poker with the boys. I mean, it's something that a lot, I feel like a lot of teams kind of don't really do. I mean, I feel like as in Buffalo, we're close. And when we say family, we mean it. And it's, it's an awesome experience to be on the team. And it's awesome that the older guys are so welcoming to all the rookies and the younger guys and how we really keep it together and keep it a family, uh, family vibe going. So it's sweet. It's awesome. So initially you, uh, when you were on the culture on the practice squad, can you talk about how you, or you were almost on the practice squad? Can you talk about that story where you almost signed and then you got a phone call? Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, so I get undrafted to the Colts, made the deal in the seventh round of the draft. I'm a Colt, sweet. Um, go to OTAs, you know, just how it is, nervous as hell. Um, OTAs every day, you know, you're thinking you're going to get cut because you're a rookie, you don't know any better, blah, blah, blah. Uh, working out and then you hit camp and I ended up doing my first camp in Indy and it was cool man coach Frank Wright awesome coach um, it wasn't as hard as I feel like other camps would be I don't, I don't really know how to say that but it was it was a great camp and it was a great rookie camp for me just to learn and do stuff out there and it, it was fun and I ended up getting cut and I remember walking into Frank Wright's office and he was like, hey, we're going to have to let you go. The GM, Chris Ballard, um, but we want you back on the practice squad. And I'm sitting in there. I'm like, perfect. I was like, this is all I can ask for. I was like, I'm an undrafted guy. I wasn't really expecting to make the team. Practice squad's perfect. I get one year under my belt. Awesome. Yeah, I'll see you guys tomorrow. I'll be here tomorrow. Peace out. So I go back to the hotel. And when you get cut, you go on waivers for 24 hours, as you guys know, and then see if another team picks you up. So basically no teams pick me up. I'm going, I'm walking back into the facility tomorrow, waiting to sign my contract. I get, I get called to the office. I'm walking down, signing my contract. My agent calls me. I'm like, Oh, whatever. All right. Like kind of ignore it, sit down in front of the contract. He calls me again. So like I pick it up and he's like, don't sign the papers. <laughs> don't sign dude. Don't sign. I'm like, oh, oh, what's going on? What's going on? So I'm thinking I got picked up by a team and he's, he was just like, dude, the Bills want you on their practice squad. Like, now you got to make a choice. You can either stay here in uh, Indy or go to Buffalo. And I'm not going to lie, bro, being a rookie and not really knowing what's on the other side, not knowing if the grass is greener, not knowing what's over there, like how other teams work, I was very hesitant. I remember going to the GM's office and asking him about, like, what's your plan for me development-wise? Like, how do you want to do this and talking? And I remember talking to the Bills offensive line coach, Coach Cromer, and seeing what they were thinking. And it was honestly a hard decision for me. One of the hardest decisions I've made up to my life now. And the cold start practice. I'm supposed to be out there practicing and I'm still trying to decide, dude. I'm going, I'm talking like two, three hours trying to make this decision, which is like kind of crazy. And I ended up getting on the phone with my agent, my dad, and like uh, another agent in our, in our uh, agency. And I kind of just asked everybody, I was like, everybody right now, yes or no, stay in here or not. Like, tell me what to do. And every, we went down the line and everybody said, go to Buffalo. And I said, all right, boys, we're going to Buffalo. I walked in the GM's office, shook his hand. I said, hey, thank you. Thank you for the time. But I'm going to go to Buffalo and blah, blah, blah. And he was he was thankful for everything. And I was thankful for everything and jumped on a plane to Buffalo within two hours. And it was probably the best decision I've made. Yeah, that's awesome. Is there like a vibe? Obviously, the Colts aren't as um, competitive as the Bills. Like, is there a difference yeah. between just like 
the drive um, just because you actually have a chance with the Bills every year? Uh, yeah. Uh, honestly, I was a rookie. I didn't really know any better. To yeah. I mean, I, it was just like whatever. But I can't really talk how the Colts were because I was just on that team for maybe four or five months, you know, going through camp as a rookie. No one really is asking you to hang out or do anything outside of the outside of the building as camp. Uh, but the team was cool. The other guys, the other younger guys in that room were awesome. Uh, we had French. We had uh, Bernie and then uh, Josh Selzner, dude. Great, great kid. He's in the USFL now. Um, but yeah, dude, we had a great group of young guys and we kind of all stood together and went through it together. And then um, going to the Bills was like, honestly, a whole different experience. I remember getting there like the first first week, like week one, I got to the Bills and our center, Mitch Morris, was like, hey, you're coming to dinner with us. Like, welcome to the team. Like, let's go. And it was like, it was honestly, dude, like very welcoming in Buffalo. And I loved how the guys like brought me in right away with like kind of no questions asked. It was a it was it was a cool experience to be welcomed that early. So uh, it was cool. Yeah, I really love the the Buffalo vibe, dude. I'm not going to lie. We really, when we say family, we mean it. That's awesome. Yeah. Indianapolis or Buffalo? Just pure city. Just pure Buffalo. city. Oh, pure city. Nothing Just else? Pure, yeah. Indy, Nothing. dude. Indy. Indy. Okay. Okay. Yeah, Buffalo. I, I'm not going to say Buffalo's. Buffalo, it has its pros and cons. Like, I love um, how it's, like, kind of in the suburbs. Like, the stadium's straight up in a neighborhood. Like, I kind of love that. But the city of Buffalo isn't all that like great for like, you know, hanging out, going out and all that stuff. So um, but the, like each one has their pros and cons. I really got into like archery in Buffalo. Um, I ended up buying a hunting bow and I'm going to start hunting with some of the guys on the team. So I'm really pumped about that. But like if I was in India, I would have never bought a bow. You know what I'm saying? It, like both has their like pros and cons. So that's true. Does it feel like you're kind of like back home? I don't know what's closer to yeah. New Jersey. I know Buffalo's. Yeah, Buffalo's way close to Jersey. It kind of it does feel home homey. Um, only thing that's different is Buffalo's got that big ass lake. <laughs> we that's get the lake effect snow. We get the lake effect wind. But yeah, no, it, it almost is like home. I mean, it's flat trees, roads. I mean, it it reminds me of North Jersey, kind of where I grew up, and I think that's it gives me a good sense of like comfort. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, I mean, I I I love Buffalo and where I'm at, and I couldn't ask for anything more. Can you so talk about Go ahead, McLean. I was saying you just don't mind the cold. I guess you grew up there. Yeah, dude. I I really don't get cold. I'm actually in uh I'm in California right now, and like I'll take these uh these uh uh cold plunges in the water, dude. And I can be in there forever. I mean, I I I love the cold. I I feel like I really don't get cold, and it doesn't really bother me. Uh, but I mean, you put me in Miami, dude, in the heat, bro. I'm I'm gonna be complaining. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny because we're all from Colombia, which is the damn devil's armpit so it's uh, <laughs> so uh, 90 degrees is like oh let's go it's not yeah yeah not for me bro 90 i would be i would be crying <laughs> but yeah it's uh, it's 45 here and i'm like i need a damn wetsuit like give me a sauna put on some long john that's perfect bro i got my wetsuit right here and my surfboard's right next to me man is that what you're in california for it's a little surfing trip Nah, I'm in cali with one of my teammates tommy doyle and i just i just came back from the gym that's why i was a little late but I'm kind of just here for off season, you know, as a like mental, like a mental clarity trip, you know, getting my mind back, kind of getting my feet back under me from a long season. And then, you know, just working out in the off season and enjoying it here. It's it's awesome. I mean, a lot of guys will come here. There's two, two more of our teammates staying in Newport and I, I love it here. I mean, it's my first time kind of going away for the off season. And it's something that I think I'm going to keep doing for the rest of my NFL career because 
it really is a mental reset, man. You get out here with the mountains and the ocean and you can hike and you can just go around, talk to the boys, meet new people. It's, it's, it's quite amazing. I think it's something I'm going to keep doing because it really does help with your mental, mental health. Yeah, that's good. So, can you talk about uh, Josh Allen and just the, the leadership he brings to y'all's locker room? Dude, Josh is a dog, bro. Straight off the bat, Josh is a dog. Uh, he, there's, in my opinion, dude, there's two different versions of Josh. You got Josh in football mode, and then you got Josh in like outside of the building, relaxed mode. Um, dude, Josh will see through you on game day, bro. He don't care. His one main mindset is to win, and uh, it's great having a dude back there who you know is is just a totally different person and all he cares about is winning scoring touchdowns getting first downs and it's, it's awesome watching him play and blocking for a special dude like that uh josh outside the building dude is probably one of the best teammates i've ever had one of the best guys i've ever been around uh he's funny dude he's witty he invites the boys over to the house all the time we're always hanging out and chilling um he's good at golf i mean he's he's got a little course in his front yard that we'd be playing uh He's a good dude, bro. Uh, he spe basically speaks in movie quotes <laughs> and he's funny, man. I mean, you can talk to him about any movie, anything. He's a good ass dude. And I'm happy that he's that big one seven back there is our quarterback. So, yeah. That's awesome. So are you, are you any competitive in golf or do you just go around and whack it? Dude, I'm not going to lie, bro. I'll get out there and I'll just try to hit bombs. I'll try to hit 350 off the tee. Um, Everything else I need to work on. <laughs> I, I feel like I hit it pretty straight, but my short game sucks. I suck at putting. But, uh, yeah, dude, I just try to crank the ball on the tee box and see see the longest drive. I try to go for that every time. I mean, 6'6", six, six, like, you got you got the length. You can – I'm sure you can pound it. I'm sure you have custom clubs. Like, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. I, I usually get the hand-me-downs from my dad or my brother because my dad's like a eight handicap. My brother's probably like a 10 so, I mean, my family's pretty good at golf, but it never really translated to me, man. I mean, I just try to go out there and whack it. <laughs> me neither. They're both yeah, bro. Hey, hey, we have a few beers after hole three, dude. Three oh, that's why, three that's, that's, that's why I'm there. Yeah, I'm there, dude. <laughs> Drink nine before nine. That's how we do it. <laughs> um, so what would you consider your greatest strength as um, an offensive tackle? And can you kind of walk us through your approach? four blocking scenes between the difference of like a passing play or a running play. Yeah. Um, I think for me personally, my strengths come from like my footwork. I know I'm quick on my feet. I know I can get my feet in the right positions. Even if I get twisted up, I know I'm going to be good. And I think that kind of just relates to like, honestly, volleyball and like explosiveness and moving the feet and getting from one side of the court to the other. And um, yeah, I think I'm really good with my feet and that kind of translates into the passing game. You know, when you got to drop back, um, Having an offensive coordinator like Coach Dorsey for my rookie year and then for half this season, uh, Dorsey loves to throw the ball. I mean, if you want to be a Buffalo Bills offensive lineman under Dorsey, you got to know how to how to pass block. So going out there, most of our plays were passing. I mean, that was probably one of my weaker things I I thought going into um, the NFL. And it ended up just ended up working on it and going through the season and it became one of my strengths. Um and then, uh, like, passing versus run game, dude. In the run game, uh, we always talk about just, like, driving our guy to the X, aiming points, knowing where the running back's going to hit the ball. I think that's that's most important. Just understanding the whole picture instead of just what you're supposed to do. And that's how um, you can got kind of get away. Not really get away, but 
do like be more effective in that in that sense if you know what the running back's supposed to do and you know what where the tight end's motioning and all that. Um, I think that's where games where you can take like the next level and stuff like that. We have a great offensive line coach, like I said, Coach Cromer does a great job of uh, teaching us everything, and I think that's why we were one of the best O lines in the in the in the nation this past year. So very blessed to be a part of a team like that and being a backup, being behind like Dion and, and Spencer, dude, it was awesome just watching them every game and watching them every practice and learning from, in my opinion, those are the, we have the best tackle duo in the league, in my opinion. And you can say I'm biased because I play for the team, but honestly, dude, I don't think uh, Spencer had the greatest season he's ever had. And Dion, Dion probably had one of the greatest seasons he ever had too. And just sitting there and watching Dion take sets, dude, like Dion's feet, bro, his calves, Oh my gosh, dude. If you haven't seen Deion Dawkins calves yet, dude, just go look, take a look because those are massive. They are something to see. They are probably one of the one wonders of the world, man. But uh, <laughs> backing him up, dude, and backing Spence up was an awesome experience. And I learned so much from it. And yeah, those are two guys I look up to and I aspire to be one day. And Spencer had an awesome year just when he needed it. When contract years coming up for him. So super hyped about him. And, you know, it's just really all the hard work he's done. Um, he, I mean, he, he works hard, dude. Him in the weight room is, is a different person. You don't want to talk to him when he's in the weight room. Cause you know, he's locked in working. Uh, it's unreal. And then Dion's work ethic is something that I haven't seen in a while. I mean, the kid, the Dion's like huge. I mean, you all seen pictures of Dion with his shirt off and stuff like that. And he can move as well as a dude who's 200 pounds, man. I mean, he's an, he's a freak athlete. So like I said, I keep repeating myself, but being behind those two guys, man, it was awesome. And I learned so much and I'm grateful for it. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so you'd mentioned in college, Miles Murphy was kind of the guy that, that gave you the work. So was there anybody in the NFL that's kind of your welcome to the NFL moment that just kind of kicked your butt? Uh, I played in a few games this past year, mostly during garbage time, but mm -hmm. I ended up getting into one drive in the Miami game where it was like, Oh, games on the line. Like we're down seven, like we need a score. And I ended up going against Melvin Ingram for a few plays. And I know he's old and like, kind of, you can say washed up, but dude, he is not washed up. <laughs> that man has twitched. That man has speed off the ball. And it, it was cool to go against him as like, Oh crap. Like that's Melvin Ingram. Like that's a huge name growing up watching him. And uh, he got me on like a few and then, yeah, I mean, I blocked him on a few run plays, but it was cool, dude. I didn't really get got got as you would put it, but I, I held my own out there and we ended up scoring on that drive. And that was one of the best football experiences I've had. And one of the honestly, the best compliment I got from that drive going in there is the next day we actually played poker at Gabe's and Josh was there and Josh was like, Vandy, I didn't even know you were in. I just looked across and I was like, oh, Vandy's in. And like he goes, I could have thought it was Dion. And that was probably one of the best like compliments I got because if you go in the game and you go unnoticed, that's good. You know, that means you didn't do anything wrong. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was cool. It was cool. But Melvin Ingram was cool to go against, man. He, he's he got that twitch and he's got that speed off the ball and respect his game. And it was cool to go out there and improve myself. So, of course. So what does, like, this offseason look like? Obviously, kind of take a mental break, but just the training and rest recovery, nutrition, what does that look like? for you and I guess kind of the rest of the team as well yeah for me personally um this is kind of last year I had an offseason I spent my whole offseason in Buffalo last year I stayed I worked out and up until OTAs and then this year I kind of got like a more understanding of how it works and all that and uh my, one of my teammates Tommy Doyle he's in the other room he was like yo let's go to California for like a month and I was like, all right, sweet, dude. So we came out to California. I got set up with a trainer, with a nutritionist out here. And it's kind of just like 
working out out here. And then the downtime, I mean, is the beach. So it, it's like, it's good. And it's a good mental clarity trip for me. And I love it. Um, and then I'm going to, I ended up going back to Jersey in like a week. So I'm going back to Jersey at the beginning of March. And I have a trainer in New Jersey, Ryan Daly. Um, one of the best trainers I've ever worked with. I think he's great. He does. He's actually a, a part-time trainer. His main job is a cop. <laughs> he, he's, a, he's a police officer and he's had like multiple back injuries from football and lifting and stuff so he kind of takes like a different approach to training and we do a lot of mobility and a lot of like agility and a lot of stretching and I think his mentality is exactly kind of what I'm looking for and he does a great job we do runs lifts and almost everything he's got the GPS on you we're tracking speed and stuff and uh yeah uh I love working out with him and I'm excited to get back to Jersey and get on a normal routine with him. But uh, I'm really happy about my time in California and stuff like that. So, and then like, as we were saying, a lot of guys will take trips like California. I wouldn't really call this a, a trip, but my main trip, I'm going to Barbados in a few weeks. I'm going on a little bit of a surfing trip. So I'm super excited about that. Um, I'm going with my super close family friends who are basically my cousins, the McCarthy's uh, Shane and Colin, and they're six surfers. And I'm happy to know them basically my whole life. So that's my big trip that I'm really looking forward to for the off season. So um, obviously got to keep working out and got to keep that mentality, but um, yeah, just a little clarity trip before we start OTAs. Obviously the season didn't end the way that y'all wanted it to. Um, is there kind of like a message that Sean gives before y'all leave, or is it just kind of like, a, we'll see you in uh, OTAs? Um, yeah, after, after that game, we kind of just all sat down together. Sean talked about how proud he was of us after going six and six, six, not even thinking we were going to make it being a resilient team and stuff like that. And then you go in the next day for exit meetings, you meet with the GM, the head coach and all that. And, um, the main message was like, honestly, come back and do it again. We're not going to give up. And, um, you know, it's, it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when, you know, because we, we, we scrape the surface every time and we just got to figure out how to put the pieces to, like better together in January. And, and it's, it's coming, man. I mean, we're going to bring one home to Buffalo and it's just a matter of time. So I'm super excited. Yeah. Oh yeah. We cannot have Taylor Swift winning another fucking Super Bowl. Dude, I'm with that. you, bro. I'm with you. <laughs> you can't Dude, have that shit happen. I met, I like, you meet all these people now, like you get to talking to some people and, uh, you like oh like oh you know football like what team do you like oh I like the Chiefs and you're like why and oh Taylor Swift and they know nothing about about ball dude they only uh, know and I mean she definitely brought a whole new fan group to the NFL this year which I'm pretty sure Roger Goodell is probably like love because you know they probably made so much money off of the Swifties but oh yeah I'm with you bro yeah <laughs> something is fun it's cool but yeah, I don't know how much longer they got to keep pushing the narrative of that. Yeah, it's it's tough. I mean, I don't, I don't think we ever have seen a three-peat in either college or NFL. It just doesn't happen. Yeah, I mean, you saw Georgia, UGA this past year. It's, it's tough. Yeah. Um, so this is kind of like a curious question that I have just because I don't know really if the mics pick it up. And, like, I played basketball, so when you're playing defense, you kind of have to talk a lot. How exactly do offensive line men communicate between each other? Yeah, um, it really all starts with the center, man. Uh, the center's the the head guy on the ball. He's on the ball. He's going to walk up to the ball. Four down, three down, 52's the mic. All right, let's go and, like, make his calls. And then we kind of call everything off the center. So whoever the center mics and whoever, whatever the call is, 
the guard will look to the tackle and tell him what's up. And then the tackle will kind of talk to the tight end or like, it's kind of like all five working at one at that point, you know, you got to be on the same page. you got to have that chemistry up front. And lucky enough for us, we were one of the few teams in the NFL who had the same five starters, I think for the entire season. I don't think we switched starters once, which was a huge bonus for us. And those guys have that chemistry and Mitch does a great job of communicating every play who the mic is and what the call is and stuff like that. But we always say if we're on the same page, we're going to be right no matter what. Even if we're wrong and we're all the same, we're all good. So um, it's just at all five working as one. And like I said, it's always on the center to get the call out and and do his thing. So, yeah. I got to know, like, I need to know the maxes for your lifts. I just, like, I want to see how weak I am compared to a professional. I'm not going to lie, bro. I really – I kind of really don't know because we don't really work in maxes. It's yep. kind of like we go out there, but I'll, I'll give you some rough numbers. Let me see if I can put something together for you. Um, the last time I benched 315, I did it like 12 times. That was like a max out rep. So whatever the max is on 315 for 12, I'm pretty sure it's probably like 500 or something. But if you put 500 on the bar, bro, like right now, I'd be like, oh, I don't know about that. That was probably back when I was in my prime. Uh, but squat, dude, I, I started getting away from like squats and started doing belt squats because it's I think it's more healthy for your back, more more better for your legs. But um, yeah. stuff <laughs> like that, dude. I mean, I really can't speak in maxes for myself, to be honest, because I kind of don't know. Um, I just go out there and we have a great strength coach and his staff, Coach Ciano, and whatever he says kind of goes. So <laughs> you all kind of more like explosive work. Like I know there's like that thing you kind of press into. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Ciano's a big uh, explosive workout guy. Put the bar on your back. We're always doing like uh, high, like lunges, but like off the thing. I don't even know what you call it, but step ups, dude. We're always doing step ups and stuff like that. Explosive work, uh, going through the hurdles, med ball throws, um, a lot of stuff like that. And I think that helps in offensive line a lot because you got to be explosive. You got to have that have that jump from the, from zero to hundred like that. So. Um, we do good work, and Siano's a great strength coach, and I'm happy to have him. I just feel like a little bitch now, though. I mean, <laughs> my max squad. You're well, dude, dude, how tall are you? How tall are you, and what's your weight? Like six foot, 160. 160? Yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah. You're small. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. Six one ain't bad, though. Six one ain't bad. You can lie to the chicks and say you're six three. True. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I feel like I, I could have. Uh, for a while, uh, actually, when we interviewed Gabe, I didn't have my front tooth. Um, oh, shit. What happened? You got knocked out? Pledge basketball. Uh, I said a f certain words to a certain pledge brother and about a certain family member of his that I wanted. Yeah. Anyways. Um, I'm following you. <laughs> yeah. um, so we go down there, and I didn't have my tooth. And he was like, oh, you're you're just Cole Beasley. Like, you could just fit right in, like, get in the slot. So that's really – if I were to play ball – yeah, dude. I had to grow the hair out, though, I feel like. Gritty, bro. Gritty. Grow the hair out. Run over some dudes. Just be a gritty, fast white dude, bro. That's all you got to do. Exactly. You can survive out there, bro. Just throw a few punches, be that tough guy, and you'll be straight. Until yeah. I run into Ray Lewis and get bopped. Nah, bro. You got to be careful coming across the middle if you're yeah, 160, yeah. bro. Stay on the edge. <laughs> So at the end of all of our podcasts, um, I normally have done something dumb. So I tell my dumb thing of the week. Robert has a hot take every week. And then McLean has a hypothetical question every week. 
So oh, shit. All we'll, right. go, we'll go through ours. And then at the end, you can either say something dumb you've done, a hot take you have, or you can have a hypothetical. So my dumb thing this week, it's actually, so I don't know if you can see it because the reason I never have a case on my phone, like that, that's yeah. kind of the thing, but that happened right here. I can't, I, I don't know if y'all can see it or not. I can yeah, see it. I'm bro, really that kind of looks, that kind of looks like suspicious, bro. I, I'm a big, big guy. <laughs> There's a big white dry spot on the back of your phone. What the hell have you been doing, bro? There's no <laughs> what kind of shit are you into, man? It's, 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 oh, it's a crack. It's a crack. It's a crack. Oh, dude, I thought it was dried up shit, bro. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's so I, I never have a, a phone case because, like, I just think the phone feels way cooler without a case. And it finally yeah. put me in the ass, so I had to go get a case yesterday. So that's my yeah, dumb bro. Thing. I just I just got a new phone in Miami a few days ago. First thing I did was buy a case. Not you got it. You got it. Got to case it up. You got Apple Care? No, bro. Come on, man. You got to pay the extra like hundred bucks just in case you drop that thing. I know. <laughs> Probably you hypothetical. I'll give you fifty bucks so you, so you can. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> All right, hypothetical. What are we on? You want me to go, Bob, or you want it? Yeah, yeah, go. Mine isn't as much of a hypothetical, but I saw a video the other day, and somebody asked, how much water do you think you've drank in your entire life? Ooh. And I've, that, I feel like that's a – you've taken, like, four sips, you know, in the last 40 minutes. Like, you probably have drank yeah. a lot of water. Hell like, yeah, bro. I can – one of these bottles I can crush, dude, like, easy. Just chug it all. Like, Oh, yeah. That's not – so how much water do you think, dude, if you had to put in gallons? I think I think how big I mean, is I'm feeling like a couple tons of water, like dude. It has to be. It has to. I be. mean, if I get close to a gallon a day, for however much, and we can just say liquid in general, whether it's alcoholic yeah. or not. Oh, all right, yeah, now, now, yeah, now, now we're now we're bumping it up a little bit, dude. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I feel like a couple tons of liquid. <laughs> yeah, between you three, you you guys can probably kill a thirty pack in like two hours. Oh yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> I would probably say, I don't know, tons of, that's 2,000 pounds. Dude, you've been alive for 21 years. That's a lot of water. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go, I'm gonna go so like much water. one and a half tons because I'm, I'm, I'm back on that water. Like I, I have a couple glasses a day. I need to get my water up. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I'm so bad about drinking water. Like, I, had, I know. Bro, I not even picture one and a half tons in my brain, bro. I can't even. <laughs> how, much, how does that, what does it even look like? Like, what does that much water look like? Dude, I feel like, I feel like, I feel like it's like just a big average pool. swimming pool. Like a no, hot I like, pool. yeah. Yeah, like an Olympic-sized pool, bro. You you think, we've definitely drank more than an Olympic-sized pool amount of water in our yeah, lives. That's probably a good guess, an Olympic-sized yeah. pool. But honestly, I really don't know how much that is, like. True. Like if you take a cup of water out of a swimming pool, nothing changes. I don't nothing think you get a ton of water. Yeah. yeah, but if you do that four times a day, three hundred sixty-five times, twenty-one times, you're yeah. gonna. I don't know. Right, I'll get I'll get a little kiddie pool and I'll I'll, I'll do some estimates and see and get back to you boys. Yeah. Bob, that's your hot take. <laughs> yeah. So I got a double hot take. Both have to do with logos. Ooh. So my hot take is I think I do think that the Bills have the best logo in the NFL. Mm. I, it's so tough. It kind of reminds me a little bit of the Bulls logo, which I think. Wait, is- what? I'm going to cut you off right here because I need to know this. Are you a a Bills logo guy now or the old school logo of just the Buffalo? Do you know what that looks like? Yes, dude. The old Buffalo where it's like the silhouette it's of a Buffalo. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm yeah. an old school guy. That one's way cooler. 
Dude, I'm an old school logo guy. I love the old school look. Whenever they have those clothes on sale, bro, I am buying them straight away. I love the old school look. And I'm not hating on the logo now because the logo now is sick. But the old school look, bro, is I think it's where it's at. Anyway, sorry to cut you off. I had to ask you. No, you're good. Yeah, I think definitely my favorite in the NFL. Maybe followed behind like the Vikings logo is pretty tough too. But the new Clippers logo that came out today is so tough. All right, it, let me do some research on this. It's so. just a boat, and I don't know why it's so cool, but it's just a fucking boat. Because well, a clipper is like a sailboat from like the 1600s or whatever. Fucking Nordic times. Yeah, it's tough. It's just a boat. It's a big-ass cruise ship. it in right now. I want to see this. Steve Ballmer did like a rebrand or something for their new stadium or whatever next year, which is where you are, I guess. Clippers logo images. If you, it's, I gotta find it. I think it's tough as fuck. Maybe I'll buy a hat. Cool, bro. I, 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 I fuck with it heavy. Me too. It's way oh, better. They, they got, they got one right here with like an anchor on it too. Oh no, no, that's a new logo concept. Hold on. Oh no, this one. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. It's like the circle with the C. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah dude, that's that's tough. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, I definitely mess with that way better than the old one. The old one was just L.A. with a C around it. Yeah, it was very whack. Yeah, bro, I'm with you. I'm, I'm with you on that. I'm, I'm all about that beach stuff. I love that stuff. So, are you a Nets fan coming from New Jersey? Yeah. So growing up, I was a Jason Kidd fan, bro. I loved Jason Kidd. I loved his game. Just being a gritty white boy out there, it was cool to watch him and him do his stuff. And yeah, I'm a Nets. I'm a Giants. I'm a Yankees guy. Uh, yeah, okay. those are my, those are my big three. So oh, that's yeah. really tough. I mean, that's almost like being a Panthers fan. <laughs> yeah, we yeah, are so Carolina. Bad. You got a lot. Yeah, yeah. they all suck. So, oh yeah, no you problem. have a hot take or a, a dumb thing you've done? Shit, boys, I gotta think. Uh, I do a lot of dumb shit. I just don't. I just don't remember it. Uh, uh hot take something let me let me just think for a little bit it's gonna be a while though because i'm slow uh oh yeah uh this one time um actually i have like kind of two stories about this i was in the cold tub in buffalo one time and i was just sitting there chilling and like i didn't know where my phone went for like 20 minutes of being in the cold tub dude and i looked down and my phone's just chilling in the bottom of the freaking tub <laughs> holy so, shit dude like it was it was nuts so like i dove in head first grabbed it bro pulled it up bro and it still worked for like two days and then like two days later the screen went down and i was like fuck. <laughs> um there was actually another one too with my phone what, what the hell was i doing oh i went fishing at this lake and again lost my phone bro and like i couldn't find it and it was in the freaking lake it fell out of my pocket and like was on the bank of a lake and yeah, I'm just bad with my freaking phone. That's why I buy the Apple Care, bro. That's why. That's why you need the Apple Care. Yeah, dude. I mean, uh, let me see. Let me think if I can think of anything better for you because those those are shitty. Um, yeah, bro. I don't know. I do a lot of dumb shit. You just gotta. You just those gotta are sound. Those are sound. Yeah. Uh, shit. I can ask Tommy some dumb shit I've done. He'll he'll fucking have a story. You want me to ask? Yeah. yeah. Sure. Yo, 
Like, I, I said I do a lot of dumb shit. I just don't know. Like, I can't <laughs> give you a story. Ah, uh, man. My dishwasher is going crazy right now, by the way. I don't know if y'all can hear it. Uh, can we can't. No, we can't. Tommy, Tommy goes, some, some things you just got to take to the grave, man. <laughs> uh, true. <laughs> but, yeah, dude. I mean, yeah, dude. I mean, how uh, how big are you guys? Are you guys getting big? Are you guys getting out there? Or uh, We're growing slowly, but yeah. the, the more guests we get, like, the, the bigger you get. So we do appreciate you, you coming on. for Dude, sure. of course. Of course. I mean, I'm always trying to help out and give back and, like, Honestly, bro, like having Gabe on the podcast is a huge, a huge guy to have on. Like, good for you yeah. guys. Like, that's sweet. And he was super I mean, nice. Yo, he's he's one of the coolest guys I've met. I know I'm a lower, lower level guy in the NFL world, but I mean, I appreciate you guys reaching out. And of course, yeah, I'll, I'll pop on. And um, yeah, I'll, I'll kind of recommend you guys to some other teammates. And I mean, my best friend is Alec Anderson on the team. He's a great dude. Um, and I know he'll have some funny shit to say to you boys. So reach oh, yeah. out, to him, yeah. reach out to him and let him know that I was on here and he'll definitely, he'll definitely want to jump on and do some, do some fun stuff. Perfect. But, well, we yeah. Appreciate it. yeah, of course. And yeah, thanks boys. And I mean, are you guys going to like edit this or some shit like that? And like, yeah, we'll yeah. edit. We'll, we'll, yeah. We'll, All right, cool. Everything and, yeah, know. dude, keep, keep going, man. Like, like, I, I mean, it's corny, but don't give up, man. Y'all you, you, are going to do great. So perfect. Thanks, bro. Yeah, of course, boys. See you, brother.